Hello and welcome to the Oakland A's UK podcast. I'm your host, Matt Smith. It is Thursday, July 2nd, and we're almost there. Not quite, not quite, not quite. There's coronavirus caveats all over the place at the moment, but we are almost there. The MLB players are currently going through the pre-training COVID-19 tests ahead of gathering, appropriately socially distanced, of course, for spring training 2.0. Most of the MLB teams will be starting back tomorrow on Friday, with the A's being at the Coliseum starting on Saturday. They will all be working ahead to the opening day coming in three weeks' time, on the 23rd or 24th of July. Now, there should be further details being made available over the next few days. In particular, the actual schedule is going to be announced very soon. Apparently, MLB and the Players Association have agreed on the schedule. There's just a few last-minute tweaks before that's announced. So we'll see who the A's will be facing in their new opening series. And we will be covering things in depth soon enough all about the new season. But there's some news to catch up on, so that's exactly what we shall do. We start with transaction news because the A's were involved in the first trade since the COVID-19 transaction freeze came to an end. The A's dealt minor league infielder Jorge Mateo to the San Diego Padres in exchange for that perennial favourite, a player to be named later. This usually means a bag of balls or something like that. Mateo's departure may well have happened several months ago had the coronavirus not brought everything to a standstill. Mateo was out of minor league options and what that means is that we couldn't keep him down in the minor leagues for any longer. He either had to make the major league roster or had to be offered up on waivers to the other 29 teams. The A's were whittling down their options for the original opening day 26-man roster and it was looking like Mateo would be an odd man out right then. And so it has proved. The trade essentially means we get something rather than absolutely nothing. So we shouldn't expect too much in terms of who that player to be named later turns out to be. But it's better than nothing. It's a real shame, to be honest, as a fan, because Mateo was one of the three players we got for Sonny Gray from the Yankees. And that came on the July 2017 trade deadline. And you really wanted him to come through because he was one of the people acquired for one of our favourite players, really. And he's clearly got a lot of speed and he has impressed at times in the minor leagues. But he has been in the A system for the best part of three years now. So the minor league coaches and the player development staff have seen a lot of him, both on the field and off the field. And to be honest, I think the writing was on the wall when last season Jerks and Profile were struggling and we needed another option at second base. Mateo would have been the likely candidate, having been an infielder in terms of a shortstop. But instead, Sheldon Noisy was moved from third base and came up and played second base and played pretty well there. So right then, it gave you the feeling that Mateo was really not really in favour with the A's staff. So there we go. In fact, he'll now join Jerickson Profile with the Padres. Good luck to him, really. Although, of course, the 2020 West schedule, as we can call it, is going to mean that we will be playing the Padres. So quite likely we will be facing Mateo at some point this season. 
Let's hope it's a trade that doesn't come back to bite us. What does that mean for the second base position then? Well, it appears to be that we're heading for some sort of Tony Kemp and Franklin Barreto platoon. Barreto, long been a prospect that we've really wanted to come through, much like Matteo, Barreto being the man, the key player we got for Josh Donaldson in the, what has to be described as the ill-fated Donaldson trade with Toronto, and Tony Kemp, a guy we picked up over the off-season. The other person who's in the running is Formile Machine, who was a Rule 5 pick over the offseason. Actually, the Phillies picked him on the A's behalf from the Chicago Cubs. The A's then gave the Phillies the money to basically buy him off them. He played mainly at AA last year, but the Cubs with a brief spell in AAA, and he's primarily a middle infielder who's played short, third base, and second. But actually, last year he played everywhere, including an inning at catcher. So he's a very versatile player. And seems like the sort of player who is really useful to have on your team. Now, with a Rule 5 pick, you have to keep that player on your roster for the entire Major League season. If you don't, that player goes back to their previous club. But of course, this year, keeping the player on your Major League roster all season long is much easier. Because rather than that being six months, it's now only two. And for half of that time... The A's, like all the other teams, will have an expanded roster. So they will start off for the first two weeks with a 30-man roster. Latling moves to a 28-man roster and then goes back down to 26. So I think it's very likely the machine will be on the opening day roster. And in fact, I think it's pretty likely he will be with the team all year because we might as well do that. He's clearly got versatility. Hopefully he's got a good idea at the plate he seems to have from his minor league numbers and we can keep hold of him from then on because if we can keep him with the team all year, he's then ours basically under contract. It's not just the players and the coaches who are getting back into the swing of things. The same applies to the media covering the baseball season. They will all be extremely glad of it. Not simply because it's been a bit of a struggle for many to try and find stories to write about during this period, but... Frankly, there have been plenty of people in the media who simply haven't been able to write, with there being plenty of furloughs and, unfortunately, job cuts too. Advertising revenue really taking a big hit during this period. But hopefully, with the new season, brings a source of optimism for all, including those in the media. So let's have a look at some of the local newspapers in the Oakland region to see what's being talked about. We'll start with the San Francisco Chronicle. And that's a good place to start because the Sporting Green, the sports section of the Chronicle on 2nd of July, has a lovely photo of the Coliseum, a sunny day at the Coliseum from last year with the A's on the field taking batting practice. And it says, amid chaos, A's resilient. So this is an opinion piece by Bruce Jenkins, which frankly is, well, what's the best way to describe it? Um kind of backhanded compliments throughout I will say it says for example resilience is a way of life in Oakland players spend half the season in a tired relic of a stadium bit harsh usually in front of alarmingly small crowds again bit harsh virtually everywhere else they go the conditions are far more luxurious that's probably true they're constantly hearing about San Francisco's dominance of the baseball market yeah particularly from people like you how a new ballpark will never be built, maybe not, how they might even be forced to leave town, how their cheapskate owner leaves them little chance to win. Hmm, That's not a very positive start, is it? But he does go on to say, 
that all of which bothered DA so much last year, they won 97 games and stormed into the playoffs. So Jenkins' point through all of this is that Lea's are a team that are used to pushing all of the distractions to one side and getting on with the game. And in a unique season, a really strange 60-game season, you can count on EAs to come through. As Bruce puts it, if it sounds awkward and uncomfortable, take heart. The baseball team will not flinch. So, there we go. Kind of kind of positive from Bruce Jenkins there, albeit slagging us off at the same time. Now, the Queen of Liesby, the Chronicles writer Susan Slusser, Her Royal Highness Susan Slusser, um, clearly had a well-deserved day off yesterday because she was not featured in a Chronicle today. Um, staffer Matt Kawahara, I think is how you pronounce it, Kawahara, who I believe was the person who covered for Susan when she um, broke her ankle during spring training. He has a short piece in a Chronicle today talking about the A's adding six players to their player pool including the high-profile prospect of Robert Puerson. Puerson is a 17-year-old. We signed him out of the Dominican Republic for, I think it was something like $5.1 million bonus. And he has been allocated as one of the players who will be part of the alternate training camp site. So the A's, as Matt Kawahara reports, the A's have filled 59 spots of their 60-player pool including 17 players invited to the alternate training site. That number does not include Tyler Soderstrom, who is the A's first-round pick this year and who the A's came to terms with on Monday. But he is expected to be added to the player pool. And the report also notes, as plenty of people have noted so far, that the original idea seemed to be for the A's to use their high-A Stockton affiliate facility for the uh, alternative camp but there is a rise in coronavirus cases in that area. So the A's apparently are looking at some potential other options that would be within driving distance of Oakland. Meanwhile, we head across to the Mercury News and Shana Rubin, and she's got a really good piece of there called Fast and Furious. Taking a look at the slow starting A's, so she puts all the sub headline is slow starting A's will need to turn around trend in shortened season. And we all know what the A's are like. We're a second half team. But is that going to play into our advantage this year, or is that going to mean we're going to be sunk before we've got anywhere? Um, she quotes, The A's through the first 60 games of last year were 30 and 30, and through the first 60 games of 2018 were 31 and 29. So neither record is likely to be good enough to get into the playoffs this year. So we need the A's to start out quick and to start out well. And a piece goes on to include some really interesting comments from the A's assistant hitting coach, Eric Martins, about the sort of baseball we may see over this season. So he says, this is a quote from Martins, knowing every game counts, we have to stress that. And guys will have to have that situational hitting mindset, whether it's putting a bunt down, doing what you can to get a guy over. So there was a feeling that there'll be more situational hitting and a bit more small ball this year. And it goes on to say, this is from Shane Rubin, there's the cat and mouse dynamic. Teams know situational hitting will play a more prominent role. But how might that impact defences and shifts? Who blinks first? 
So that's interesting. That's the first I've really heard of that idea, that because it's a 60-game sprint rather than a 162-game marathon, as I like to call it, that teams may alter the way they play. They may look for that one run a bit more than they do usually because every game counts for so much. It's not tended to be the way the A's have gone, that's for sure, and that's something Shana Rubin mentions in the article. We're more of a wait-for-the-free-run-homer type of team. But will we have to change things up to get the best out of the roster over these 60 games? It's going to be a fascinating subplot to the 60-game MLB season in 2020. So that's the news as it stands on the 2nd of July. We will start hearing a little bit, I think, about the tests coming through for COVID-19. I know the NBA test results, the first round of their test results, have come out just a few hours ago. It's been confirmed that Major League Baseball and the teams will not be naming which players are testing positive, which is quite right, frankly. And like the Premier League here in England have done, they will be announcing... Overall aggregate data in terms of numbers of positive tests, but not actually naming anyone. However, it's a bit different in Major League Baseball because you have a defined number of players on your roster. And if someone gets COVID-19 and has to be quarantined and therefore has to be moved off the roster, you have to make that public in one way or another. And you can possibly try to come up with an injury excuse, I guess, but it does seem to be quite difficult not to actually name the fact or state the fact that a player has had to go down because of COVID-19. It's a tricky area for these clubs, but something that we're going to have to see how it develops. We've all got our fingers crossed because this restart is coming along as unfortunately there has been a spike in cases in the United States. Rather than having broken the back of the coronavirus, as many countries have done, let's be honest, including here in the UK, even though we've generally been pretty hopeless at things. When it comes to the virus, things just seem to be going from bad to worse in the States right now. And there is a very real danger that all of the all of the plans, all of the hope will all come to nothing. And we either don't start a season or it gets cut off in midstream. But we've all got our fingers firmly crossed that that is not the case. We have been dying to see some Major League Baseball and hopefully that is not too far away. Three weeks away to opening day and let's hope that there is an opening day in 2020 at last. Thanks a lot for listening to this podcast. If you haven't done so already, please do subscribe to our social media accounts at Oakland AUK on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And check out our YouTube channel too, where I recently put up a video all about COVID-19 in sport and what may happen when Major League Baseball starts their testing and starts releasing their results. So look out for that. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and apparently leaving good reviews makes our podcast climb up the search lists or something. I don't know how it works, but if you would be kind enough to leave a positive review, that would be gratefully received. As I mentioned earlier, we will be doing another podcast fairly soon, hopefully with Dom and Hannah maybe, to have a look ahead to the season coming up. Fingers crossed it all goes to plan in terms of the start of the A's training camp on Saturday.